Michigan's Children proudly presents Speaking for Kids, the podcast where we explore crucial conversations impacting the lives of all Michigan children, youth, and families, especially the most vulnerable. Join us each month as we explore public policies and issues in the best interest of our kids and families. We'll bring you lawmakers and policymakers, advocates fighting for change, and the people most affected by those decisions. With our host, Matt Gillard, president and CEO of Michigan's Children, we'll invite you to become engaged, too, and show you how to take action on what matters most to you. Episodes are recorded live and shared virtually on YouTube and the audio hosting sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Hello, and welcome back to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's Children, where we discuss public policy, advocacy, and issues impacting children, youth, and families here in Michigan. We're recording today's episode on March 24th, 2023. I'm Matt Gillard, your host and the president and CEO of Michigan's Children. Today's program is specifically about the legislative response to gun violence and school shootings, new reforms before Lansing lawmakers and their potential outcomes, and of course, the people making these changes happen. Last week, the Michigan State Senate approved an 11-bill package to reform gun laws in Michigan, specifically focusing on universal background checks, safe storage laws, and red flag laws to keep weapons out of the hands of dangerous and harmful people. This swift legislative action amidst a rising of very public protests against gun violence, which followed the terrible tragedy uh, that took place at Michigan State University back in February when a gunman fired on eight students, killing three and, and critically ruining five others. Since that time, we've witnessed youth leaders coming together, using their voices to stand up and mobilize young people across campus, really across our state and across the country. Uh, They have been among the most influential and powerful speakers before the public and before these legislative committees. Dylan Gebhard is one of those students or or leading part of these, one of these organizations and these efforts here on campus at MSU and in Michigan. And he's one of our guests today, alongside Senator Rosemary Bayer, who is one of the reform package's major sponsors. Senator Bayer also happens to represent the community of Oxford, where another mass shooting took place at a high school in November of of 2021, where four students died, seven others were injured, including a teacher. Uh, Dylan is part of an organization called Sit Down MSU, uh, which is a leading voice calling for change. So Dylan, why don't you introduce yourself as well? And then Senator, we'll go to you as well to give a brief introduction of yourself. Great, Matt, thank you for having me first and foremost. And Senator, thank you for taking the time to uh, join me on this podcast this morning. Uh, But yeah, my name is Dylan Gebhard. I am a senior at Michigan State uh, studying political science. And I also work at the Michigan House as a legislative aide um, for the majority floor leaders. So um, really got involved with gun violence and sit down MSU specifically. Um, unfortunately, kind of when it hit close to home, you know, I re- regretfully, um, it took something that close to me to really take this issue to heart and understand that um, everyone is kind of affected by this, um, regardless of age or gender, or race, what have you, kind of affects everybody. So um, that kind of sparked my passion to tunnel in on this issue and try to use my voice both as a student um, and now as a legislative aide in the House to try to spark some change here and move these uh, bill packages forward. Great. And how have you seen this motivate other students? Uh, you know, I, I appreciate obviously your involvement, your engagement, uh, and the personal interest you bring to this, but it, what's been remarkable, I think, for a lot of us that, that are, you know, involved in the policy advocacy world is that we've really started to see, I think, uh, 
a groundswell of um, of engagement from from your colleagues, your generation, and you know the kids that that you're growing up with here and living through this with. Mm-hmm. How have you seen that from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, um, I think a lot of my more politically uh, predisposed friends have always kind of been the first ones to um, run and yell from the rooftops. But I think what's unique about this situation is that my friends who have been politically disengaged um, from virtually every issue and just kind of sit on the sidelines or never thought that political issues had any impact on their lives. Now, those are my um, probably most engaged friends. Those are the ones who um, are really getting out of bed every day with a passion who are saying, where can my voice make sure that this doesn't happen again to someone else? And that I think has been unique, um, really encouraging from my perspective. Um, and something that I really hope continues. But I think it's it's a new blend of people who are in the mix. It's not just my political science friends and people um, who study this specifically. And now it's my human bio majors and my environmental science kids. It's pretty much every, it's a big, um, it's a very diverse set of kids who I think are personally engaged and fired up to make something happen. And that's great to hear. That that's not only how change happens; that is change happening, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the engagement that's going to be required for us to 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 make the changes we want to see happen. All right, Senator, um, why don't you give us a brief introduction of yourself, and then kind of tell us what's in this package um, that's passed so far? Sure. Um, yeah, I am the state senator for District Thirteen, which is kind of Southwest Oakland County in Western Wayne. Um, I, this is my second term in office. Uh, I have been the chair for the Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention Caucus, which is by camera, both houses, for the last few years, and uh, built it up to about 53 people, actually. A lot of people engaged in this issue, um, happily engaged before we got to some of the worst of the, the happenings in the last two years. Um, I uh, did not go to Lansing to work on gun violence prevention. Um, I did, however, go with suicide as one of my issues that I wanted to help with because of personal things. And in my early work there, trying to um, learn what what's possible, what can we do, one of the things I learned was that most suicide is actually with the firearm. It's almost two-thirds. And most gun deaths are suicides. So when you took look at that formula, it tells you you really need to work on that problem. And that is actually how I got involved with the red flag laws, because those are directly targeting suicide more than anything else. They also do and have, they do potentially, but have had impact um, in this um, situation where, where people uh, who are probably need different kinds of help um, do some kind of mass shooting, you know, that's uh, the red flag laws can have a, have a real impact there. The numbers of people engaged are uh, luckily not as not nearly as big as the suicide round, but the the visibility of those things like what happened at Michigan State and at Oxford, um, you know, people see those more than they see suicide, as sad as that is. I mean, it's all horrific for the people who live through it. So that's how I got involved. Um, the packages themselves, there are three. Um, and as much as we really move, to get those done as quickly as possible because of the Michigan State shooting, the second of our mass shootings in our in our state in a year, basically. And uh, we had been working on them. We'd introduced uh, an earlier version of them multiple times, pretty much every session for the last eight or 10 years. 
Um, but knowing that we were, once we knew we were going to have the majority this year, we started working on actually updating those three packages, the safe storage, the universal background checks, and the red flag laws. Um, we, we knew we had a chance to actually make those to be turned into law now. So <laughs> we started working on them in November of last year, working with a lot of outside groups, um, national uh, gun violence prevention groups groups that care around the state, law enforcement groups and religious groups. And I mean, we had an amazing number of organizations that student groups, uh, groups that had input into what these new bills should look like. So over the last two weeks, we did uh, pass 11 bills representing all three of those issues over to the House um, and got so far seven, six of them back. Uh, we did not get the red flag bills back yet. They're still over there, still working on things. Um, we're working now as a joint team with them so that we can get those done, hopefully shortly after we come back from the spring break here. But the good news is the, the first sets, the universal background checks and the safe storage are uh, winging their way over to the governor's desk today. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And, you know, obviously this is an issue uh, we're focused on in Michigan uh, in, in transparency. I'm actually in Washington, D.C. today as we record this, and this is a hot issue here as it is everywhere in the country. Um, you know, what's exciting is that we're starting to see legislation actually move in Michigan to start to address some of these things. Um, unfortunately, at least some of it is because of the result of what we've seen with these terrible incidents occurring in Michigan. Um, as well. But but the politics around this are interesting as well, right? So uh, I actually heard Governor Whitmer this morning on one of the national news shows talking about her surprise that some of the votes are actually coming out bipartisan. Uh, and there is actually some Republican support for a few of these measures. Um, at the same time, we're discouraging committee hearings led by Republicans in the House here in D.C., uh, as recently as yesterday, just about this, about what you see as as the impact specifically of groups like Dylan's and the young people really engaging on this issue uh, specifically. You know, having people engaged is the number one factor for us, to be honest. Um, you know, people, because we see the opposition, right, that people are speaking out, out against this stuff. But over and over again, we've had polls in Michigan that just so, so it's incredible support across the state. 90% for universal background checks and 85% for safe storage. And that includes Republicans and that includes gun owners and Republican gun owners. I mean, 85 to 90%, and even in the red flags, which is more complex and people don't really understand the suicide issue, um, but even that one is over 75% support. So when you look at that, anyone who represents people, if you work in a representative role, I don't know how you could vote no on it because your people want it. You know, the, there's an odd thing. The political piece of it is harder for somebody like me to understand as much as I have to admit I have a political job. I never actually learned politics and I don't really like it. So it's like, how could you possibly not do what your people are telling you to do? I, I don't get that piece. I, I don't get it at all. But having the support, you know, we had students outside on the Capitol steps every day after that shooting. And you can't miss them when they're on the Capitol steps. You see them when you go to work. So that's a really strong thing. And it's hard for anybody, even someone who is opposed, to look at, at kids sitting out there on the ground trying to make us see why this is important. How could you not see that? And, and I know they see it. I also know they're under a different kind of pressure 
to vote a certain way on things that are purely politics, even though some of them who have told us in the past they're in support, they voted no this time because they were yeah. kind of forced into it. And that's a sad thing. I, I fundamentally disagree yeah. with that. I wouldn't work for a team that told me I had to vote a way I didn't agree with. Well, and I think, I mean, from my perspective, and I've obviously been around this this game, this pol politics game for a long time as well. And and I think, unfortunately, it's easy for people my age to to just, you know, kind of throw in the towel and say, well, the Republicans just aren't going to support that or it's just not going to happen. But what's exciting to me about these efforts now or what seems to be happening is the young people, that's that's just not an option for them. They don't, you know, they don't see it in that regard. And, and it's, it's not, I mean, they're going to change who those folks are if those folks aren't going to listen to them and and do what is obviously right and, and is, you know, supported by the masses, as you say. So Dylan, talk about that aspect of it for a little bit. I mean, that's what's really, I think, from my perspective, changing the game and changing the dynamic politically around this issue is the young people coming into this without any baggage or just, you know, without any care about what the historical political, uh, you know, lanes are yeah. on this stuff. Absolutely. I think it's incredibly inspiring uh, firsthand that um, there's no partisanship or um, any sort of that um, political game. I mean, with my generation, it's very much a life or death situation. I mean, uh, especially when you look at many different issues from climate change to gun violence, this is not something that um, we look at our parents and say, oh, my parents think this way about um, gun violence and gun reform. Therefore, um, I'm going to think the same way. It's no, I have been doing school shooting drills myself personally since I can remember. And I have a different perspective than my parents have. Um, so I think at a fundamental level, we have a lot of children, a lot of kids who might traditionally be predisposed towards partisanship and just kind of grandfathering in their um, parents' beliefs towards something, they have a fundamentally different personal experience towards these issues um, that's lending them towards a more proactive, um, unique perspective um, that kind of is removed from the traditional partisanship that you might see surrounding different issues. Um, but also very encouraging um, as someone who's politically engaged and has friends who are um, now engaged in the issue, it's very inspiring and um, encouraging that they're not kind of um, adopting different viewpoints, they're kind of falling back on their own personal experience. And I think that's the difference. No, I think you're absolutely right. My, my oldest is my daughter's a sophomore at, at Penn state right now in, in college. And yeah, she, and she grew up obviously in a political, you know, household and political world, but I mean, it's just, she has zero, zero patience for it. She's like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? They say, no, they're, you know, it's not. so I mean, that, and that's the part it, it, it's unfortunate, obviously that it had the, you know, or that it, we're talking about it and it manifested at least in some way around these terrible tragedies. But the reality is, is, uh, you know, this has changed. This has changed in our country, changed for the better, but this is how change happens and change is happening because of the efforts that, that uh, you're undertaking and, and thousands others like you, uh, you know, around Michigan and around the country right now. And so, um, so let, let's talk about that one. What are, what are next steps? So, you know, I mean, I think, you know, clearly the package of bills that's moving right now through the legislature is important is something that we certainly have Michigan's children support, uh, you know, and we think is obviously a step in the right direction, but this isn't the end, is it? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. This is getting uh, the kind of the groundwork laid to do a lot more things. Um, you, you know, I don't know if, if you're, I'm a data geek, so I'm, I'm only going to do a little bit of this, but 
we have almost half the guns of the world in our country. And the number of gun violence incidents in this country is off the charts, multiple times as many incidents here as the next country down on the list. There's a direct statistical correlation between the number of guns and the amount of violence. Ultimately, we need to change the formula here. We need to do some things about what's happening with this situation. We actually are being sued by other countries because we're such high traffickers in illegal firearms. It's got to end. I mean, there has to be an end to this. Uh, we have to move in a different direction. So for us in Michigan, we are working on other legislation, um, things that will hold manufacturers accountable, hold sellers accountable, require insurance. I mean, all kinds of things that will directly address the ownership of firearms. Um, while we do other things, there's some interesting new legislation that's specifically designed to, to work uh, to help people who are suicidal or suicidal ideation. And obviously, we're spending a lot of time and a lot of money on mental health in Michigan, because that is the underlying cause for the suicide attempts and successful or otherwise. So um, we have to, we, we, because and and partly because it's the number one firearm cause. We, you know, those two things are so intertwined. You, you must talk about both of them when you talk about suicide. So um, that's you know, like I said, that was how I got involved in the first place. And I think we're going to continue to find both legislative and departmental ways to address that specific side of the problem as well. Great, Dylan. What about from your end? What's next for the advocacy efforts? I mean, how do you see this this movement continuing from the from the college students. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people like myself aren't really gonna rest um, because we have um, some of the most basic um, fundamental laws maybe on the books now moving forward. I think um, as great as this initial kind of um, first steps are, I don't think they are the end all be all for pretty much anybody who has been impacted or cares about this issue as much as a lot of us do. Um, so I really see this movement kind of continuing until the gun violence is something that um, our kids can't relate to. I don't think I'm going to be um, personally happy um, until gun violence is kind of spoke about as um, like lawn darts or something that happened back in back in the day. And we can kind of reminisce about um, and talk about as a thing of the past. I mean, um, really, I think the bills are a great step forward. It's um, remarkable that we're in a space now in Michigan that we can actually move bills like this and have hearings and pass them. And um, that is also remarkable, but I think it's it's, it's only the beginning um, until we can actually work to have a country we recognize and we can pass on to our children without fear of more. Well, and I think that's actually what's next, right? I mean, is this the, the only good thing about what's happening is that we have young people finally there's something important enough that that you guys are really jumping in. We need you to do that. And as much as we can sit here and feel bad that we're giving you this legacy to deal with, right? This we did it with the environment too. And you know, there are those of us who are working on it now. Um, but you know, we're going to need you. There's, there's mm -hmm. no question about that. We're going to need you to to help lead to drive this. Actually, mm -hmm. we would rather work for you. You're smarter. You're younger. You got more energy. You know all those things. Um, I want to be on your team, and uh, <laughs> you need to be, make your team bigger. It's yeah. just that fundamental. And politics, as much as I don't like it, I'm not good at it. Um, I don't think it's going to go away soon. And so we're going to need your generation to help with that too. We need to clean it up. Right. Mm -hmm. It's pretty 
pretty sloppy at best, but nasty in his worst circumstances. Um, you know, kind of get the money out of there, kind of get the, you know, there's some things that can be changed that can make the running of the company and, th and things like they're happening now not happen because we have a more reasonable way of running things. Uh, money is, you know, they say the root of all evil. And I actually think that might be true, <laughs> at least when it comes to politics. Yeah. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, the young people are changing. I mean, the, the reality is the reason we're in the position today that we are to have these conversations and frankly that these bills are passing is because the young people did vote in the last election and in, in elected Democrats, of frankly, in, in the legislature uh, and reelected the governor. And so um, I don't and, and that was before, you know, frankly, the, the tragedy that we saw at MSU. And I don't see that changing. I, I am firm, a firm believer that that Dylan and, and his colleagues and that generation are going to change things and change them for the better and uh the sooner the better from my, from my perspective right uh so we're excited about this like i said it's unfortunate that you know one of the issues that's driving this at least right now is this terrible uh epidemic of gun violence that's that's existing as existed and and continues to exist in our country but uh but change is happening uh and folks better recognize it and get on board right or get out of mm -hmm. the way because it's coming um so let's just before we close here dylan what's uh for our for our listeners at least what's kind of the mood on campus i mean despite the the loss last night from the basketball team but maybe in a broader sense what's the mood on campus uh you know i we live in okamas we're uh, on campus often does it see i mean obviously things are different but is there does it seem to be improving yeah um i think it's a mixed bag for a lot of folks um on one hand i have a lot of friends who are grateful to be back in the swing of things and all they kind of want to do is get back in the classroom and focus back on their studies and that's their way of kind of um, moving forward and then I also have friends who haven't been able to get back on campus yet um, they can't really bring themselves to do it um, and personally I've only been on campus probably three or four times since the incident um, I think Berkey Hall was the first class or the first um, hall I ever had a class in so um, to, that building will never be the same and I think moving forward, it's always going to be different. It's always going to be difficult. Um, but I do think things are improving. Um, a lot of my friends have gotten back um, into some sort of normal. I don't want to sit here and say that being on campus is the right thing or the wrong thing for anybody to do. Um, but whatever normal is, I think people are moving closer to it. Um, I will say that campus feels a lot more um, collective now. It feels like we all have, unfortunately, another through line with each other. Um, another thing that's bringing us closer together, um, COVID kind of disrupted a lot of uh, my class's flow of things. So to have um, something that just kind of brought us all together again, um, if there is ever a silver lining in some a tragedy like this, I think that would be it. But um, yeah, I'd say it's difficult. There's a mixed bag. Some of your students might be um, happy to be back on campus and others might not get back to it this year or ever again. And I think either way, that's okay. Um, but that's that's the mood that I've firsthand experienced. Yeah, and that's the reality, right? Unfortunately. Um, all right, Senator. So for folks who are listening to this, how can and you know, we've talked a lot about how the young people are changing this and 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 that's exciting and that's great, but how can anybody get engaged in this issue or how can anybody do their part to make sure that this issue stays top of mind for elected officials and you know as a priority as it clearly is right now? But how can we continue to make sure that this this focus on 
gun reform and you know school safety stays top of mind for elected officials and policymakers? It's really actually pretty easy. Um, you, you need to call them. <laughs> I mean, it's really that. There's not a single one of us who doesn't open the mail, doesn't listen to phone calls, doesn't. I mean, that is, those are our bosses. It's that fundamental. So call your representative, call your senator, tell them what you want. And what I suggest is tell them, if you don't vote for these, I'm not voting for you. If you don't help with this, I'm not voting for you. It's really direct. And it's not Absolutely. complicated. And you can look it up. You can go to Michigan Senate on your on your search engine, and you'll see the list. You'll see our names. You'll see our phone numbers. If you don't know who your senator is, you can type in Google, who is my Michigan State senator, and it'll tell you. You can also see who voted yes and who voted no as well. You can always see who voted yes and no, yeah. <laughs> On the Michigan House site as well. So no, thank you for that. And and I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I firmly believe in Dylan and the, in his generation to change this, but the change will happen sooner if all of us get engaged and make sure it remains a priority. And so thank you. I want to end there and thank Senator Bayer. Uh, for being here today and thank Dylan for, for being here today and thank both of them for the work that they're doing on this very important issue. Uh, if you would like to share a link to today's podcast, please look for one and other resources on our michiganschildren.org website under the resource and speaking for kids podcast site. We'll be back next month for another crucial conversation about issues impacting children and families of Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children with host Matt Gillard. Thanks for joining us. To explore these and other issues relevant to our state's children, youth, and families, and to build your advocacy muscle, go to our website at www.michiganschildren.org. You'll find links and news about past and future podcast topics under our resource tab and action alerts under the Take Action tab. Find and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Terry Bannis and Stephen Wallace produced this podcast. Contact them with your questions and ideas for other topics. Michigan's Children is a nonprofit advocacy organization, an independent voice working to reduce disparities in child outcomes from cradle to career through policy change.